Welcome to all the monks and novices and to all the lay people from your centers. Today we learn about Dhamma. This learning of Dhamma helps us to have wisdom. When we have wisdom, then we'll be able to understand the truth of life, the truth of nature, that there is arising, persisting and ceasing. Regardless whether the Buddha becomes awakened or doesn't become awakened, the nature, the way things are, already exists. Our Buddha is the one who finds, understands and becomes awakened to that nature. And after the Buddha has passed away into Parinibbana, the nature of truth that is here already is still here. May you learn about nature with clarity so that the suffering in the heart will lessen. Because this suffering arises because of attachment and clinging, this leads to suffering to arise. And this suffering grows more just because of the craving in the mind. The suffering grows more because we have no mindfulness and wisdom to restrain our mind. So attachment and clinging arises all the time and suffering arises constantly. But regardless, this attachment and clinging is still one type of Dhamma that has arising, persisting and ceasing. When there is a cause, then it arises. When the cause ceases, then it ceases as well. So we have to create the causes for that attachment to cease. Because when we have attachment, then we have suffering. If we have no attachment, then we have no suffering. When our minds have mindfulness and samadhi, concentration at a proficient level, then this will lead wisdom to arise and it will be able to undo and lessen our attachments. Then suffering doesn't arise. So we now look and review that we need to meditate to have mindfulness in the present moment. The present means to have knowing about the body. And the awareness of knowing the in and out breath consistently is the development of mindfulness. But all day, we don't really have much awareness of the breath. Each day, we have many duties going on and we don't stop breathing. But we have no mindfulness whether our breath is going in or going out. All day, the mind is preoccupied with all the many things that have passed or the many things that have not arisen yet in the future. We are constantly thinking and proliferating about these things. This proliferation and thinking of the past and the future means that we don't have mindfulness in the present moment. So the mind is full of disturbances and full of attachment and clinging. We need to train and instruct our minds by having mindfulness to know the in and out breath. Don't control the breath to be any longer or shorter than it is. When the breath goes in, we mentally count one. When the breath goes out, we count one. This is the first pair. When the breath goes in and out, we count two for the second pair. Breathe in and out. This is the third pair. Breathe in and out. This is the fourth pair. Breathe in and out. This is the fifth pair. Then we start counting again from the first pair. And when we get to the fifth pair, we add another pair for the sixth pair. Then we go back to start at the first pair. 
And when we get to the sixth pair, we add another pair for the seventh pair. Keep doing this until the tenth pair. If we forget where we are at, then start again from the first pair to the fifth pair. Do this till we are proficient and we aren't making any mistakes. We feel that the body and mind are at ease. Sometimes we have peace arise. Then we may stop counting the breath and just simply know that there is the in and out breath. And different parts of the body or different feelings may feel as if they are disappearing from our awareness. For example, it may feel like one hand has disappeared, one foot has disappeared, the body starts feeling lighter, or one side of the body disappears. Then, just know that the mind is starting to be peaceful. At this point, don't have desire come up. If we desire to have peacefulness, then this will stop the mind becoming concentrated. We just let it go according to nature. If we have peace, then that is good. But if we don't have peace, we don't have aversion towards that. We put our mind in the middle. When we develop mindfulness like this, then in the end, the body and mind are light. It may feel like cotton, that we are sitting in the middle of the air. This is peace arising to one level. This is called samadhi, having firmness of mind. The thoughts have reduced a lot. Even if there are still thoughts, they are just some small thoughts, but they don't bother us. The mind is at ease. We can sit for 30 minutes or sit for an hour and we don't feel that it's long at all. All the tiredness from work disappears completely. The peaceful mind has benefits, it has rapture and it has samadhi. The Buddha praised that the person who meditates and gains peace gains a lot more merit than through giving dana or keeping sila, the moral precepts. But we do need to be supported by dana in order to overcome our selfishness and we do need to keep sila. Sila is the mother and father of the Dhamma that will arise. That is, the mindfulness, samadhi and wisdom that will arise comes from sila as their father and mother of all Dhamma. When we have dana and sila at a good level, then we do bhavana, we develop the mind. We can have peace arise and have the wisdom to know this bodily heap. We will understand Dhamma. We take this samadhi to contemplate the in and out breath, to see that the in breath arises, stays a little while, then the out breath occurs. This is the impermanence of life. We have knowing come up that this life is only possible with the breath going in, staying and then the breath going out. Without this, we die. This is just the end of the breath. The in-breath goes in and doesn't come out, or the breath goes out and doesn't come in. Then, life is not possible. All things that we have, that we are, that is ours, will end and disappear. It has no value at all. We will have the wisdom that destroys the wrong view, that sees that this body is a self seeing as a me and a mine, we will be able to understand Dhamma well, that this life is impermanent. We learn about nature and can see the tree that has flowers blossoming. Sometimes there is a strong wind and the flowers are blown off the tree. 
There are big, large flowers that fall off. There are medium-sized flowers. There are also small flowers that fall in that strong wind. Or the fruit that is not yet ripe may fall first. Or the branches break. Or with a strong wind, the tree trunk breaks. All this happens a lot. And this can be compared with life. We can't take anything as certain. There are those that are conceived and die in the mother's womb. Some within one or two months they die. Some within three to four months in the womb they die. Or some are born as a small baby and not even a few months and then they die. Some not even one year old and they die. Some three to four years old and they die. Some die as a small boy or small girl. It isn't that only old people die. Life is uncertain, like this. So we need to be established in not being heedless or careless. The Buddha's teaching is that life is uncertain and that death is certain. One day, life must decay, it must cease. We must be established in heedfulness. When the Buddha was still a bodhisattva, he contemplated the impermanence of one mango tree. It had many leaves and fruits, but was damaged by the people. He contemplated that life is uncertain, so he went to practice and attained to jhana and the mental absorptions. He took the nature around him to learn about. So we should learn about nature, the way things are around us. Whether it is people, animals, material objects, trees, mountains, it all comes together under the law of impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and non-self. We contemplate this and then bring it in to see that our life is like that as well. Then Dhamma will arise. And we should be someone who learns Dhamma with mindfulness and wisdom. If we are attached to our own thoughts and views too much, then we may not understand Dhamma. This is compared to someone who has a long stick who goes to cut mangoes off the tree. They can't do it because it's too long. But if the stick is too short, then it won't be able to reach to cut the mangoes. This is like when our thoughts are too small. There is no mindfulness and wisdom. Our wisdom isn't sufficient. This is like a short stick. It's too short to give us any benefit. May we be ones who are just right. Learn and practice Dhamma just right. Practicing just right means... Not too much and not too little. Listen, think and contemplate so that wisdom arises. That is contemplating and investigating Dhamma. Take the Dhamma to investigate and take it to practice with. This is so that we can understand into the law of nature, the nature of truth. Here we will have wisdom arise. And this wisdom will give benefits to our samadhi, improve our mindfulness. We will have better sila and we will practice dana regularly. And this dana we do with a quality of wisdom and having self-sacrifice. If we are at the age of a child, a student, then we must be diligent in our studies. The young novices also need to be diligent to learn about Buddhist theory and also practicing it at the same time. When we are beyond the age of study, then we must be diligent in our practice. When we do our work, we practice and meditate as well. We try to develop the mind and have a lot of mindfulness. We can do many occasions of chanting the Itipiso 108 times. 
This is a way to have more mindfulness. So may you all be determined to practice and meditate by knowing the in and out breath as your meditation object. The samadhi that arises will help you to have wisdom. Try to practice and learn like this every day without fail. Be someone who has knowing, someone who has mindfulness and wisdom. Don't be a stick that is too long or too short that can't be used for any benefit. May you develop this quality of being just right. May you contemplate this and understand Dhamma. May you grow in blessings.